0: Rookie quarterback, how is he faring in Pittsburgh, and who's helping him out? He might not be the top rookie in that camp right now. We'll get to that, as well as the standout wide receivers. Who's making the leap to the NFL the best, and where do you go from there? Who's protecting the new starting quarterback at a West Coast team that needs the help? Today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-host Ryan Tracy. He's at Ryan Tracy NFL on Twitter. I'm at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And we are definitely excited to uh, get into some more rookies that are doing well in camp. Reports are flying out. And we're, we're getting close to the college football season. So right. we're almost ready to really turn that page. But for now, we're going to stick to the rookies. And we want to start with Kenny Pickett, a guy who, the only first-round quarterback, he was drafted by Pittsburgh. And there's a scenario where maybe Pittsburgh was a little too close to the situation. Everyone thought that this was was a down quarterback class. And although we figured that guys would get propped up and go higher than what you would expect them to go, just because, hey, it is. I don't want to see it higher than what you'd expect. you expect them to go higher because quarterbacks consistently get pushed up draft boards, and they just go higher than you would ideally like. Well, Kenny Pickett goes first round. He's only one. And right now, all the reports out of Pittsburgh is he's, he's just the third-string quarterback. And I guess you can kind of... I don't want to say expect that, but you got Mason Rudolph there, who it sounds like he looks the best, even better than Mitchell Trubisky right now, mm-hmm. but Nathan, uh, uh, Mason Rudolph, he's been in the offense for years now, so he knows a little bit more of what to expect, what they're asking. He's just been around that organization. Even if they've had changes at the coordinator position, he knows that team and what they're looking for, and then you have Trubisky. They brought him in to be the starter. It sounds like right now, a little up and down, but both of those guys are ahead of the rookie, which again, you kind of expect that, but this is a team that really wants to win right now. So what do they do? What do they do with Kenny Pickett, a guy who they spent a first round pick on, but say, you know what, you're, you're really not ready, or, and we can't even have this be a competition.
0: Well, that's the problem, is if, if it's not really a competition, then you have to take a step back in your personnel department and figure out what did you do wrong? was it just too close seeing him every day next door that kind of thing because that's that's a problem you miscalculated if you spend a, the only first round pick on a quarterback and he can't compete with two guys that have been tossed as backups maybe below backups in their careers Credit to Rudolph, though. I'll I'll give him this, because once you've been in that offense and you're able to pick it up and run it, maybe that's his his sole edge right now is that he's got the experience. If that turns into a true competition here, as we get to the first preseason game, we'll have a better idea, I think, of what Pickett really is right now. If he comes off of that, I always see a lot of improvement off the first preseason game for the rookie quarterbacks. For me, it's going to be about how much does he jump? How much can he get into the rhythm? And once he's back on the field in a real situation – as much as preseason is, will that, like, kick him up? Will that turn him on? Will that get him into the competition and let him resurge? Do you think that that's possible?
1: It it is, but only if the team, I feel like, if they're just really down bad. If they are down bad, then they'll go and play a rookie quarterback, right, And just so he gets that experience. But that's not the expectations of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers, they are all in every single year. I know it doesn't quite feel like that right now because they're trying to piece together this quarterback situation and get that right. But this is definitely a team that wants to win. So I don't know if you'll see Kenny Pickett unless just something drastic happens where they start off really bad. And they Even in the preseason, chance.
0: you don't think they're going to play him much?
1: Oh, well, yeah, in the preseason, yeah. I'm that. Okay,
0: okay. That, that's what I'm talking about. I'm hoping the first preseason game kind of clicks for him and maybe he can then start to compete.
1: Are they going to have him be the third quarterback in the preseason? That's, that's a good question.
0: Because you should get I a mean, half now, that way, right?
1: It, and you can give them all the reps. So this is how I would do it if mm-hmm. I'm Pittsburgh. First quarter or first, you know, few possessions. Trubisky, he needs the, those reps in that offense. Mm-hmm. Second quarter, I might just go ahead and give that to Mason Rudolph, and then I would just go let Kenny Pickett play the entire second half.
0: Yeah, I'm with. Have you. at
1: it. Go play. Get that experience. And hopefully, if you see something very encouraging, then maybe you kind of bump him up to second string, depending on what the top two guys look like. But that's kind of what I'll do there. Now, who's going to make it a little bit easier on Kenny Pickett? Probably his receivers. And right now, all throughout camp, George Pickens is the most targeted receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is coming off the heels of them, Deontay Johnson. They yeah. just signed him. They extended him, right, two-year extension. Uh, around $36 million. We're talking about guys really getting paid there, a little bit less than some of the other guys. But George Pickens, mm-hmm. is he going to just come in and make an immediate impact for these guys?
0: I, I think – I mean, they're going to run 11 personnel, right? I mean, we're not talking about staying double tight a lot, are we? I know I you have Najee Harris. So you want to focus on him and protect the quarterback zone, but you still got to run 11 personnel. So that's got to be Pickens over Calvin Austin, right? I mean, Chase Claypool is still technically going to be the guy they look at to move the ball the most, right?
1: Well, I've, they have a plethora of receivers, and I really like what they did. And gosh, I feel like there's a a free agent. There's like a receiver we're forgetting about, and I'll look at their – they pull their depth chart up right now. But just kind of as it stands, what we know from the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they have, you got Deontay Johnson, who's going to be a target hog. We're talking about a guy who had over 100 receptions last season. So you have him. You have George Pickens. You have Calvin Austin. You have – their big receiver, Chase Claypool. Uh, and here they go. They also have.
0: Anthony Miller, Miles Boykin.
1: Boykin. Yeah, and right, right. that's not even the guy that I was thinking about. Anthony mm. Miller. Yep. So you got Anthony Miller as well. So there are a lot of receivers that are really kind of fighting to make some type of impact to be able to hold on on this roster. But uh, we'll see if they're able to do that. That's going to be difficult. Do I'm you telling, think Pickens can...
0: becomes. Maybe the go-to, especially if it is, say, Pickett gets time here in the preseason?
1: No, it'll be interesting to see if Pickett is the most targeted receiver. You know, this was a guy who I didn't kind of view him as a high-volume target guy Mm -hmm. coming out of college. Obviously, we know the big plays, his uh, contested catch ability down the field, uh, doing a lot of those things, great body control, but volume target guy – didn't quite see that i do think i can see that potentially in the preseason you know what you have with deontay johnson you still have to figure out how big of a role can we give george pickens and you find that out in training camp you find that out in preseason. so that is something that we'll probably see and we also want to talk about a couple of receivers that are also making big time plays and one who's sticking out more than the guy that was drafted higher than him we're going to talk about that and more but first We want to let you know about Built Bar Puffs. And if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. All right. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Are you ready? It's delicious. It's indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite flavor, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. And they have this light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And, of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. And they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run the built.com right now. and snag you a box for you or your family. And if you're like me, maybe you want to hide them. I just got a brand new box of birthday cake puffs. My family knows nothing about it, all right. And like all Built bars, the new cookie dough chunks are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they are healthy and they are tasty. And the chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture—so good! It is so good, all right. What's great about Built is all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits something that tastes good and is also good for you. All right. You're gonna love the new Cookie Dough Chunk pups, whether you need a snack or you know, for your workout, a late night treat, or you just wanna, you know, grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect bar for you. And it tastes better than the candy bar, and they're much better than the candy bar. Ditch the calories, ditch the fat, ditch the sugar, and grab yourself a built bar. Go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Romeo Dubs, who would have (laughs) thought? Christian Watson was drafted high. He's kind of been banged up. He's recovering from an injury right now. And Romeo Dubs said, you know what? I'll take advantage of this opportunity. Alan Lazard sounds like he's the wide receiver one there, Mm -hmm. but Romeo Dubs right now is making the case Every day, why, hey, you know what, you guys should give me a little bit more respect, a little bit more attention, and maybe I can eventually become the target hog. It is just training camp, and we do often hear these stories come out of training camp where a receiver is doing well, and all of a sudden you get into the season, and he doesn't get as much love. And I know there's roster politics to deal with and such, but every day we're hearing positives and just raves, reviews out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, because of this guy, Romeo Doves, out of Nevada.
0: I feel like you have to give kudos to the Packers front office because this is a guy that didn't have a lot of the pre-draft rituals, didn't have the run-up. You had to really dig in that film. And I don't know if, if I missed something or they're just very instinctive because I didn't see this kind of thing happening. Now, I was a little bit more reluctant to think that Christian Watson was going to be a guy that just explodes onto the scene because of the leap from the competition level. But, Dubs, you could say the same thing about. Like, I I think a lot of people were just kind of sleeping on him. So do you think that this is just extraordinary player that that went from Z getting drafted to put it in the work so that he understands the offense to get with a Hall of Fame quarterback as his opportunity? Or do you think that we all missed something in the pre-draft process?
1: Well, I miss it. (laughs) Remember when we were in the draft room and Christian Watson was drafted, and I'm like, ah. I don't necessarily like Christian Watson to Green Bay because I don't know if he's ready for for that, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to come in, play for Aaron Rodgers. Now you got to be this technician and you got to understand you got to be in the right place, right time, all the time. The expectations of finally being the guy. Oh my goodness, Green Bay, they finally drafted a receiver high. Later, they went, they doubled up at receiver and they drafted Romeo Dubs and I said, that's the guy. I would not be surprised if Romeo Dubs comes in, hits the ground running, and right away you're hearing things coming out that he's the guy that's going to be getting the reps. He's the guy that's going to get a lot of the targets. I wanted them to get Alec Pierce and we'll get to him in a second, but mm-hmm. Dubs, really good. When you watch his film, you see the twitch. You see the suddenness. You see the craftiness. You see his ability to win vertical. And all of those things are being showcased right now throughout training camp for the Green Bay Packers. So Aaron Rodgers has talked really highly of him. Hey, this is one of the best uh, rookie Parisi, or uh, training camps that he has seen for a long time and said it's one up there with some of the best guys that they've had at that position for the Green Bay Packers. And we know Aaron Rodgers, he has had a lot of really good receivers. It sounds like Romeo Dubs is on track to be one of those next guys. So I think for him it's just, who's going to get more targets, Romeo Dubs or Alan Lazard at this point? And <laughs> Christian Watson. I know we're waiting on him to recover from this injury, but how does he kind of put himself in there? Because once you kind of miss time, especially as a rookie, That's big-time opportunities and and things that you're missing.
0: Well, I think both those guys' opportunities, when it comes down to starting in the regular season, I don't see either of them starting over Sammy Watkins, obviously Lazard and Randall Cobb, right? So they're going to have to pick and choose. But the good thing for both of them is they're going to get opportunities because Sammy Watkins is in front of them. And Sammy's not going to play a whole season, never has. So it's going to be, can Christian get caught up to where Dubs is? By the time one of them gets an opportunity or they split an opportunity. I think this preseason is going to be really interesting to see just who gets the chemistry with Rodgers. We all know that it's a difficult thing to build with that particular quarterback. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe they can do something. Maybe there's a trip out there, and I don't mean like a, a vacation. Uh, maybe somebody's tripping in a way that they can make a connection that puts it on the field eventually for one of those young guys. We'll see.
1: Well, you talked about one veteran quarterback to a rookie receiver, and we're going to head over to Indianapolis now. And again, you got a veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan with a rookie receiver, and this time it's Alec Pierce with the Indianapolis Colts, another guy. And this is the guy who I was like, hey, Green Bay, take Alec Pierce. I don't care if it's first round, early second round, whatever. <laughs> they didn't do it, and a lot of people thought I was kind of crazy. But right now, again, rave reviews coming out about this young guy and his transition to the NFL. So uh, if you had to pick between the two, Romeo Dubs in Green Bay or Alec Pierce in Indianapolis, who's going to have the better rookie year?
0: In terms of stats, Pierce, he's going to have more opportunity. He has, I I think, less competition there in terms of getting significant reps every week on the field. Um, Like I said, somebody will take uh, some snaps from Sammy. And by the way, nice way to ignore the bait there on Aaron Rodgers. Well done. Um, I thought I'd get you with that one. But uh, just the fact that he's going to get targets. And, And I've said this ever since he went over there. Matt Ryan being as disgruntled as he was with the Atlanta Falcons, he has a point to prove. And I think it's going to be a lot more aggressive out of him in this offense. And I think that the recipient, the guy that gets the biggest upside, isn't Pittman, but it's Pierce.
1: Pierce. Yep. And I can agree there. Pierce, Pittman, we're going to see Pittman have a strong second season. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he can kind of double up on that. But I Pierce is definitely going to try to cut into his opportunities. And they got a few other receivers there. You got Paris Campbell. We'll see what happens with Paris Campbell. And can he finally just stay healthy for a season? If so, what impact can he have? And that can be a really terrific trio right there. And when we come back, we're going to head west again to San Francisco and talk about a certain player who's actually going to start as a rookie. He's slated to right now. A lot of people not talking about that. We're going to get into that next. In the fourth round of the 2022 draft, San Francisco 49ers selected tackle, offensive tackle, all right, Spencer Burford, out of UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, which, interesting story, my rookie year in the Arena League before I went to the NFL was with the San Antonio Talons, and we actually shared our locker room with the UTSA football team because they played in the Alamo Dome at that time, and we played our games in there. And uh, that was the first year of utsa's football existence all right so i believe it was larry coker was their head coach that year so uh and they they're a pretty solid team now they've definitely come a long way from when i had my first interactions with them but nonetheless Spencer burford he was drafted and he was an offensive tackle 49ers immediately move him to a guard position and not only is he playing guard for the 49ers right now he has taken every first-team rep at the right guard position. And that was one I didn't see coming. When you look at the 49ers and some of the rookies, you figure, okay, who's going to come in? Okay, they got good depth. But it sounds like now this is a guy that might start right now. And if so, yeah. he's going to need to be good because you have a very young and inexperienced quarterback sitting behind him.
0: Well, I like the, I like the move, by the way um that's what i had in his write-up to put him inside because he, he didn't come out as, as the kind of athlete that you can really leave out there on the edge very much but i didn't see this kind of thing coming in terms of what it does we've seen kind of a trend we talked last week about logan bruss aj or curry right zach tom some of these second, really third-tier offensive linemen, they're getting a lot of run with their rosters. Spencer Burford is right in there as well. And for a team that relies on the run this much, I think that's a little bit surprising because it's not like it's straight-up zone blocking all the time, right? This is a more challenging offensive line scheme. Do you think that that is something he can sustain and that they can end up running behind him? Or does this change kind of the focus of where the Niners want to run?
1: Well, you would think that they would want to run left. But they definitely, while I was there uh, viewing training camp, ripped off some big runs to the right, running right behind him. I think if I had one kind of gripe, I would say there were times where I feel like he could have finished his run block a little bit better, Mm -hmm. uh, really kind of maybe driving the guy and erasing him completely. But overall, the movement skills were good. And when you look at the 49ers and their run game scheme, it is one that works in unison. And that's with all these zone, outside zone type type, uh, teams. They want guys to move as one. And if he can get down that and kind of build some continuity with uh, the rest of the offensive line there, I think that's where he could be good. There is some news that just came out with an office alignment and it's uh, in Baltimore mm-hmm. with Tyler Lindemann. He has a potential big injury and they said, they are saying that the best case scenario, they shut him down for four to six weeks with a grade one Liz Frank. So that's best case scenario, four to six weeks. If it's a grade two, then Lindemann is out six to ten weeks and will start the season on pup. Uh, there's no ruptures, which means right now there's no surgery. So, right, uh, we talk about the offensive line getting, meant offensive lineman getting going in San Francisco. This is going to kind of put Tyler Lindemann behind a little bit, right?
0: Yeah, that that makes it difficult because what you're talking about, Liz Frank, is affects the the foot in a way that offensive lineman more so than any other because of their size and their weight put that stress down through the ground, through their feet, it is very difficult. It's not a common injury among offensive linemen. I'd really be interested to see what the prognosis is. Let's hope that it's it's short for him. That's that's a tough one. Have you ever seen offensive lineman pull that injury before?
1: <laughs> no. Nah, I mean, a lot of times you'll see them kind of get rolled up on, uh, you know. Sure, get ankles, blocked, knees. Somebody fall into the back of their, their legs and they hurt a knee. But this Frank. I can't say I have. I feel like it's something that we hear a lot with, like, receivers. And, you know, they, they're they putting a lot of pressure on those feet and those bones in there, but not so much with offensive linemen.
0: It's it's too bad, too, because if he goes to pup, they're just bringing Dobbins off the pup. And J.K. is, is a guy that I would really liked as a running back coming out, and I thought this was a year that he was going to be able to really take a step forward with his health and his ability to produce. If you're missing Linderbaum – Even four to six weeks, if that's six games, that puts a serious dent in what you can do in the running game, in my opinion, because he is not only the center on that team, but he's high caliber enough that it's very difficult to get even close to replacement level play from anybody else on that roster. I wouldn't be surprised if they changed a couple of things and maybe put Ben Cleveland into that role. I think that he can pull that off. I'd like to see that
1: myself. We're going to see a lot of interesting things coming out. And this week we got – Got some football. So, I mean, obviously you had the Hall of Fame game, but nobody really plays in that. Well. We got the rest of the teams around the league. Everyone is playing this week. This is exciting. Get to see all the rookies. We're going to have a whole lot to talk about. College football is about to start starting up. We're going to be able to dive into those prospects. We're going to get to all that and more right here on the Locked On NFL Draft Show. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, you already know, man. Go to – he's over there that way. Locked On Chiefs with my guy, Ryan Tracy. Just go to your Apple, Spotify, search on Locked On Chiefs. He'll pop right up. Leave a review as well. Also, Locked On 49ers. All right, with myself, Brian Peacock. Tune into that and all these Locked On podcasts across the network. But that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you all tomorrow when we have our guy, John Harris, who covers the Houston, Texas, joining us. Till then, we're out. Peace.